practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. All right. All right. Sounded like a comedy slap, like Bruce Lee or something. I slapped a pair of bare butt cheeks I have in my office. We should, we should never comment on the clap because nobody likes the clap. But then when I hear edit and I hear good banter about a clap, I'm conflicted <laughs> on clap keeping or not. You shouldn't ever keep it. It should remain a mystery. No clap, but the all the, but the, the no clap, but it. comment on clap. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we need a... No, put a Bruce Lee sound effect in, we like need, I said. <laughs> do you have anything to say about Bruce Lee? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we need a a, youth, a moniker, uh, a, a fake name for... Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm tired. Uh, we need a jerk practice podcast term for it. Term for clapping so we can still comment on the clap without people knowing we're talking about clapping. Just for us, I think they all. I think they all just tuned out. Keep now. the comments in, but we'll be talking about brews or something. That was a good brew, <laughs> man. Did you the, brew it? Uh, cigarette burn, like changing a reel. It's there for us. Who's gonna intro this bitch? Henning, welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I, of course, am Henning. I'm Hans, and I'm Casey. And over there's Casey. Welcome to episode. 37 37 potentially <laughs> you never know you well, never know in this crazy this, world you're calling it uh this is a lost episode 10 seconds in because people people may forget numbers <laughs> well there could be a b there could be a c 38 could rock and 37 could knock be great <laughs> uh you know uh, so many things. Oh my God, I have like tinnitus in uh, these uh, beats. What do we call them? Skeets or scrugs? These cheap <laughs> headphones I got on. Christ. Real quick, before I forget, uh, uh, do you apologize for? Sorry, I was late, fellas. We're starting the podcast a little late, but in the ether of recording, I guess no one really knows uh, when we record until we Indeed. moniker it like ep thirty seven. Which I guess doesn't equate to a time or place or space, but we've already talked you about gave how it a time, name. time, place, and smoke don't really exist. Um, On the podcast, you existed as not a late person. Now you've given it a name and form. Now everyone's just like, oh, Hans, the late one. That sounds like uh, the crock of shit my psychologist shills. Like when I was like, sorry, I'm late. He's like, just tell yourself you're not late until you're there. It's like, yeah, but I'm here and I'm late. He's like, yeah, but did you stress about it on the way there? Yeah, here, yes. You were not. Of late, course you did, because you can read a clock. You're never late until you're late. He I says. I did start your session twenty minutes ago, though. Well, to be fair, jokes on him because he doesn't get paid. Oh, okay. <laughs> or I mean, I guess somebody pays for it, but it's not me, and it's and it's definitely to a scale, and that scale is oh, like God. on the scale of like Spinal Tap, Stonehenge. Stage prop. Now I'm imagining that your psychologist is just a dog dressed as Sigmund Freud leashed to a post somewhere. <laughs> oh, he doesn't accept money. My not to get. I don't want to get into my psychology, but my psychologist is uh, he's a, he's a, he's great in every sense except for he's a little too cool for school. In that I have my problems, like we talked about, and he's just like, just remember. You got to drink the good stuff, bro. I'm like, I can't drink. <laughs> He's like, but when you do, make it the goods. 
I was like, oh what? my god, let's not talk about this about with you. Kool-Aid? Is he it's an not... old surfer? No, oh, no, I, I'm giving him the wrong moniker. He's just you're like, not late until you're late, man. He's uh, cool. Zach Morris's cool uh, Native American <laughs> uncle surfer dad. <laughs> that is the most. Do you know what I'm talking about, Henning? No. Well, Zach of Morris, not Saved by the Bell, but not that particular episode or any episode. There's a Saved by the Bell episode where Zach has to do a report on his heritage. And it turns out that Zach Morris, blonde-eyed, or blue-eyed, blonde-haired, is 100% Cherokee Indian. (laughs) 100%. Because he tracks down his uncle that that lives down the block from him, but he's never met, who is a full-blooded Cherokee, I I guess, I don't know, full-blooded Native American. I forget what tribe they, they probably give him some weird Cali tribe name (laughs) that's not real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, but he, uh, da, 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 da. yeah, listen, fully garbed, he- head feathers, all of this shit. And then he, spoilers, he dies. And then Zach takes his clothes that he died in and wears them to his presentation and does like a cheap, like, hello, I am Zach Hawking Feathers Morris, my uncle. It's just it like, is, oh, oh my God. God. I wish you should just re- we should just go through and get the episode names and then have you try and describe what the episode was about because that's by far way more interesting and macabre <laughs> than actually what happened. You got it. I'm on it. I think you gave. He me, wears uh... the skins of his hobo hundred percent Cherokee <laughs> uncle. <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh... I, uh, you, somebody gave me like the first season on, of Saved by the Bell on DVD, or it might have been prior to when DVDs uh, adhered to chronology. So it might just be like, the rockin' <laughs> eps of the Saved best, by the Bell. Best of, okay. The best of buildings. But uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, on this, uh, it's a hard segue, but I'm going to forget it. Do you know, I'm going to go into... What do we do? A, a raspberry... I'm going into a raspberry 32nd that could get expanded. Okay. Raspberry's the term for scumbag <laughs> I love that president. you attached a time frame on it and then immediately broke the time frame. It's going to be a 32nd raspberry. Probably going to be longer, though. <laughs> it is. Well, it might not be. You're not going to call it a Trump 10 because you don't want it to be that long. I don't, I but I'll, I'll ask you if you guys know that this is a thing. So we all... Now, maybe we all don't know, but in New York... And around the country, but in New York, because I've seen the... Fuck, I need a, I need a nap, bro. Mm. Uh, there's been a, a, a huge uptick in racial uh, epithets and, like, hate uh, hate crimes and, like, racial graffiti and shit. Right. Specifically Just anti- against Trump? Uh, specifically anti-Semitic. Right, people are getting yeah. in cemeteries and breaking headstones and shit. Right. <clears throat> well, now on the subway, because... where they... Originally had two Ghostbuster things. What are those called? No smoking things. One said no smoking. One said no littering. Now it's one that's uh, no smoking, cigarette crest out. No littering, guy throwing garbage out. And then a swastika. No swastika. Oh, Oh, it's an official. (laughs) Yeah, I I had to take a picture of it because I like I did a double take. I went, what? Because the first thing that caught my eye is swastika. And then I see it's crossed out. Okay, but like. Whoa, that's new, right? That mm. is new to New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. I, I mean, unless that. it's a punk band sticker, a brilliant punk band sticker. Oh, yeah. That it's now be. Black Bundy's sticker. 
But it's too. It was too clean and too too perfect. Too well I think. Yeah. Specific. I mean, that's crazy. I know. What about all the other hate symbols? Yeah. What about the crosses upside down? Watch out, bro. What about the steely S's? <laughs> no, well, that's associated, right? Is there like, only if you three, do two of them? Are there only three hate symbols? And then it all goes good. Then it's all yin yangs and buttercups. And then it's all dick chickens and dick butts. <laughs> Speaking of all these great symbols that are often drawn, <laughs> these and, and nuts. Ma- not, not great. Speaking of all symbols we see. <laughs> Yeah. I I I, th- I thought I'd come in brimming with a champ story because I went into Champs, my favorite diner. Fucking yeah. nothing. Waiter looked nothing. normal. Had matching shoes on. Was wearing well, got a it. shirt, not buttoned up to his teeth. You know, Trump's America, man. You chased out all the weirdos. They're gone, man. It's a goddamn shame. And sh- she was pleasant. Shangri La. Oh, so I got nothing. I got I got nothing. <laughs> From she didn't have a necklace of, of old cell phones around her waist. <laughs> no, no one was one dressed pager, like, one old cell phone. No one was dressed like Chief Zach Morris Hockenfeathers, <laughs> which is what I would do. Order up. How long was how long was the wait? Oh how? <laughs> Sorry. Oh man, uh, I'm I'm eating up. I'm eating up the beginning of this podcast. I'm sorry. What's going on in your world, fellas? I was going to ask you how your birthday was. Oh, I was just looking at something. It was uh, uh, um, a reminder that I'm a potential workaholic for the man. Mm. I worked my birthday Always. the entire way through. Uh, I taught a yoga class that night, which was good, but I hadn't slept. So it was like that crazy. It was the type of sleep, but active. No, excuse me. The type of... Um, Awake too long, but active the whole time, you know, because I was just constantly writing the whole time with deadlines. So by the time I was like, all right, I got to center myself for like an hour before I teach this class. There was no stopping the synapses. The hamster hamster was running? Fuck. So I was like, these people are going to get a crazy hawk and feather session. (laughs) But but that was all right. Um, But then, so... Now Facebook just can't seem to get enough of the making videos for you. Mm. So oh, yes, the yes. day after my birthday, and I got a lot of cool wishes for my birthday, but let's all be fucking honest with each other. We, uh, we like saying happy birthday to each other, but both yeah. on giving and receiving end, there should be no more than happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday plus one word. One word plus yep. happy birthday. All that's needed. And then maybe your significant other or your closest friend puts a picture up. Well, that's what I got. Mm-hmm. I got exactly what I should have. But the generations underneath us or the more Facebook loved uh, probably get a lot more action. So Facebook has reason to make them a video. with my Because the video is the same thing as like, You've known your friend for this long. You guys know what video I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, with the record. And yeah. The- got ours. So this one was just, it was your birthday yesterday. See how much you're loved. Uh, one oh. picture of uh, an eagle 
soaring over water because my mother or father posted a clip art. Like they went generic photo on me. It was great though. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> perfect. So it was perfect. one picture of an eagle soaring, and it said, "You had thirty six likes. Like, happy birthday, bro! And bro, happy birthday! You're loved." Balloons fly. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> so unacceptable, unacceptable on yeah. Facebook. Um, otherwise, you know, don't I don't need it. I uh, my birthday was no. It's true. You don't. You don't need it. Facebook is a taste treat that is appropriate. Uh, you bet you, you shouldn't hold any. You shouldn't have no bearings on your face. I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same shit that everybody says. Forget it. <laughs> Facebook is if 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 I, if, I, if I if you rely on Facebook, you'll hang yourself. If you're me, yes, you will. If I yes. care oh, about God. a person oh, God, yes. enough to say happy birthday, I'm not going to do it on Facebook. I That's, got a happy birthday on Facebook from you. Not on Facebook. He doesn't no. care about you. Messenger? I think so. <laughs> Is that Facebook? Oh. <laughs> I guess they listen. Oh. I got a personalized, non-broadcasted message Better to you. give me my birthday gift and list yourself for <laughs> one day. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. Yeah, yeah. If you you, you give a phone call or a texty. Text? Is it's going to okay? be... I'm. It'll be fun in as time passes to see if the Facebook sort of like, you're the star of your own movie mindset continues. Sure. Just because it's like, because if it stops, then this time will be literally just everybody put their fucking family home videos online for like 25 years. So it'll just be like, Oh my God. Right. I've wasted my life. You know, we're all evolving uh, to not have voice boxes anymore, just strong beefy fingers. <laughs> oh yeah, beefcake, fucking <laughs> like pistachio. Oh, uh, what, uh, pistachio breakers. No, they said um, Charles Bronson had the strongest finger. I think my friend Ryan. Oh, that's I can right. say his last name. <laughs> Ryan Ryan Rubicki, a buddy of mine, one of my best friends growing up. Still a great guy. Why Why do I have to justify that? But he's he, his dad was a huge. Um, Charles Bronson, Charles Bronson fan, yeah, and he was like, Bronson never stopped exercising, even when he was sitting his down hands. or in his sleep. He was using a what? What would you call that? Like a hand stress ball, a hand vice, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, a vice grip. So he's like, his hands were so strong that if you got into him with him at a bar, or if he didn't like the cut of your jib. He would walk over to your beer bottle and just break the top of it. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. I had heard that most likely from you. I didn't hear the part where it was like he obsessed about working out. So even sitting, he was working out. I just thought it was a caveat because it was the era of Schwarzenegger and Stallone and Van Damme. And it was like, he's kind of a fat, middle-aged old man. Strong hands, though. Strong hands. Well, I mean, let's be honest, the strongest... Can't do karate, but strong hands. The strongest men or people in the world are definitely not the quote-unquote fit-looking people. You know what I mean? No, not at all. Like those guys that, like literally like the Mr. Universe guys, like those guys are sick. Like because they don't yeah. eat. Oh, yeah. they, they have literally no body fat. Excuse me. Jesus. They have no body fat. Like they're like, you know... uh 
They what? just work out to look good. Yeah, they're they're Whereas... one drink of water away from passing out, you know? Mm. Yeah. Or one less drink of water, I should say. <laughs> they, like, work out specifically to make the veins pop out on mm-hmm. their fucking Yeah, that veiny skin. cured meat musculature is literally from just being so dehydrated that your skin sticks to your muscles. They didn't follow they don't follow the Barbarian Brothers school. They do not lifting, which is just all about power. Yeah, and yeah. Fuck the aesthetics. Casey List, and I, lift what you want when you want. Casey and I worked with a guy <laughs> as much as you can, as often as you can. That's it. Casey and I barbarian. worked with the Barbarian Brother at Starbucks <laughs> in Minneapolis. Remember he's from Long Island? I think his name was Paulie. Oh, and he was just like right. a brick shithouse he was one of the he was a barbarian he was one of those like power lifters Mm. and he was so much of a toe that he could not like he couldn't put his hands in his back pockets like to get his wallet yeah oh yeah you remember that like he just Uh had trouble with everyday life because it was just lift 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 ungodly amounts of weight with absolutely zero um stretching yeah so he's just this taut little fist right (laughs) i mean eventually like if you keep working that so tight like you can't like over time re-stretch that out right your body probably just fuses together he's going to become an orange like he's going to just fuse together into a ball right have you did you have you guys seen the picture of that dude he like kind of is the same look that guy that for a while had the the like Guinness record for the world's biggest biceps. Oh yeah. And like, he was like muscly, but he was like, he looked like an armadillo. Like, cause he had that gut, but it was a muscly gut. Yeah. And then just had those, his fucking biceps were the size of those like mini spare tires. And that was it. Like everything else, it was just this small little muscle ball with these like flippers basically. Did you see the documentary on him? No. So they made a documentary on this guy who at one time had the world's largest biceps because he was also at the, obviously using steroids because of these biceps, but he was dealing steroids to pay for his own steroids and they had a big sting and they busted him. So what happened is he lost his supply of steroids and went into prison and his body went into shock. So he ah. had to smuggle in some steroids, but the only way he could take... So the reason his biceps were big is he didn't... He only injected steroids into his biceps. I was going to say right into his bicep. Which is very dangerous because you're not supposed to use the same like veins and everything like that or like uh, localize that type of anabolic. So anyways, he got uh, boot... Not bootleg, but he got steroids smuggled into prison, but he had to use a dirty needle. And he got God. a flesh-eating bacteria into one of these meaty biceps and literally, like, lost one of the biceps but still had this other bicep. But by that time, it had started to, like, atrophy and die because of the lack of steroids and the way uh, his body couldn't get blood to it, nutrient. Like, his mm. body, he yeah. fucked up his body chemistry so much. So now he just has these bizarre... Like droopy, almost like like a Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like one's a muscle, and it's like yes, the, the yes. outlaw shoots it and it goes exactly, and like goes sad, exactly. sway backed. Yeah, sounds like he decided to only save one bicep because he didn't have enough steroids. 
So he injected it into the one that became infected, oh, but he left point. the other one alone. Well, I, he probably <laughs> did a double injection, but the first one got all the fleshy eats. <laughs> well, you would assume if you're shooting up, that would be his his non-dominant arm. So at least the his dominant hand would be still meat hook. But that's the thing with the biceps. Even before he got sick with the bacteria and stuff, like his biceps had become inhibiting. Like he couldn't use his arms before then really. No, I you know, think the the time I saw him was on like Jay Leno and it literally was he walked out, flexed, everyone oohed and awed, threw rotten fruit at him, and then he was shuttled back to his fucking cage. Like he didn't do anything. He just like er, 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 look, look, and then, you know, Jay Leno made a joke probably about him jerking off and ripping his dick off. You know, like a salty joke. And then he was like, go away, monster. Like, go. Yeah, because he's strong, but he's n- not. He looks because strong, he can't but get isn't. a hold of you. Hmm. Or in oh, the yeah. right way. Like, he can't get around. He can't get out of his own way with his arms, I would imagine. But he now he's built probably like dead. a little cartoon. He's got the little legs and the little waist. It's, there's he's a built gr- like Johnny Bravo was. Like, he's all chest yeah. and arms and like no pelvis and tiny little legs with cowboy boots. There was actually a funny SNL sketch back in the day with uh, it was like the Chris Farley David Spade era, uh, where they did like a, a steroid sketch where all these guys were on like a daytime talk show. I think you know what the show was for a while. Jay Moore was like played um, Christopher Walken, so they were like, "What can we do oh, with this right, great Chris right, Walken yeah. impression?" So he did the Chris Walken show, and right. Uh, long story short. The sketch is just funny because these guys are all claiming they're not on steroids. Uh, so the way they the, the costume people did the sketch is they just had these guys' uh, torsos coming out of the chairs and then just gave them these little itty-bitty fake legs like sitting mm. out in front of them, like dangling around. It was pretty funny. It's kind of like that sketch, the great Mr. Show like sketch. Mr. Show, the oh, yeah, the, the metal where he just had the little baby burnt body. Yes, exactly. You look like a burnt cigar. Your body looks like a burnt cigar. Yeah. <laughs> or wet cigar. Wet cigar. Hey. Hey. Let me. I was gonna. <laughs> you get off of my cloud. <laughs> but uh, a fellow jerk practice member on Stephen Colbert last week, yeah, Anthony DeVito. Man. DeVito. Pretty Tony D. Did you watch it, Case? <clears throat> I did. Yeah. Pretty cool. What'd you it think? It was funny. It was. He did great. It was funny. It's it's surreal. Like I texted you guys. Like, like it's cool to see him up there. But I think the most surreal thing is like watching Stephen Colbert mm-hmm. like plug something that you know. <laughs> yeah. Which was just like because you see Anthony and he kills it and you're like yeah of course that's where he's meant to be but then you know he the kicks back to Colbert and he's like you can check Anthony out on the Rad Dude Cat it just seems crazy like to see something you know like on television i don't know why that blew me away more i guess you know because you know anthony's funny and it's like he's destined to do great things but well that's what i text him afterwards i was like uh they just because anthony is wait how do i want to put it uh well it doesn't matter greg knows (laughs) greg knows i love him but i was like colbert you just saw anthony He's universal. He's amazing. He's um, composed on stage. He has jokes that can traverse all sorts of 
let's call them demographics because I can't think of a better word, but like everybody can just get into it. And then Colbert just shot them right down the funnel to the dude cast, which I love. But if you don't know the dude cast, you're just going, oh, yeah, I like that funny little uh, New York guy. guy. And they're going to open it up and Greg Stone's going to be like, my name is Dick Vaginas. (laughs) And then Anthony's like, I'm on the toilet. (laughs) It's just like, so I was like, this is amazing. And you know what happened? First of all, Colbert's listed because I plugged the rad dude cast on Tripod Month the week before, and then Colbert plugged them, and now mm. they're in the top 100 iTunes comedy podcast. He's late to the table. Jerk practice or Colbert? I like to say me, uh, Colbert, but That's I mean, the JP bump, for sure. The JPB bump. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I listened to the next episode, and Greg's not on it. He doesn't. Ah! Even. Oh, shit. <laughs> and Col- got the Colbert old hook. Listen. He's uh, just saying funny words at the end. Oh, yeah. right. He doesn't know what to know pl- to plug it. Like I vouch for this show. Yeah, Colbert does. No, I think it's a hilarious, but it's totally you're totally right. Like I thought Anthony's set was perfect because it was saucy enough for like that, like people who are still up watching. <laughs> but like definitely like he could appeal to anybody like moms, you're, you know, like, you know, like your mom and dad. He was or like an older crowd, like yeah, he yeah. Was, but he had enough, like enough edge that he wasn't just like airplane food. Am I right? Mm. Oh, but you knew that you like. Well, I knew that, that would have been in. amazing. I don't know if I would have preferred. I maybe I would have preferred if I was like fucking Anthony. I love him. I'm gonna see him kill it on Colbert, and he came out and did like. It's like what the <laughs> fuck is help. this? Like just totally <laughs> mm-hmm. immediate Anthony, who doesn't. Uh, bend for anybody's rules. Like, remember we were out shooting that sketch and that uh, soup kitchen wagon rolled up and we're like, we've been shooting this sketch all day. Where the fuck are Anthony and Greg? And they're in line oh, yeah. getting free hard rolls and vegetable Taking stew from soup the Salvation and bread Army. Out of out of needy people's mouths. <laughs> are, granted, they, they're not, they don't make a ton of money, but they cut that line with some sort of like fucking hobo scam. <laughs> the best part of that is we were, uh, uh, we had ordered food too. So they had gotten out of, like, they like, like, yeah. I can't get anything. We're like, we got you. We went we to got a you. We'll pizzeria. Get you. We'll get you a calzone. And then as we're waiting for the calzone, they're scumbag and free soup. And by the time they finish, they come slurping that soup up our direction. We're like, here's your calzone, you freaks. Anyway, no, the, and, it, and it's literally like you would see in a World War II movie. <laughs> like, uh, you should expect to hear, like, sad violin music. Because it's not, like, it's literal, like, loafs of round bread. Yes. And you should have heard uh, Anthony fight with the lady so she would uh, dip the ladle lower so he didn't get uh, too much broth. <laughs> That's how you survive. <laughs> Primo DeVito. That is a deep, Ugh. weird Holocaust <laughs> reference. And I don't know how many deep cost references happen, but... Uh, Primo? You Primo. can find him here on the Jerk Practice Podcast. Primo. Oh, spoiler. Mm. I'm going to blank that name. Uh, okay. Um, he was great. <laughs> I don't know what you're it talking about. seemed throughout... Like five minutes. He seemed throughout like... He was surprised every time he got an applause break. Yeah. For sure. He's, yeah. And, he's, yeah, and yeah. like you mentioned, he's got no... Um, 
no mic stand in front of him, just his hands. He, like, was he? In his oh no, that the whole I time? noticed that no, no, he no, didn't no. know. It looked like he didn't know what to do with the applause that was given him. Oh, the the no Hello. mic. You don't have that. Even the the small amount of stand up I've done, like that, it's nice to have that thing in your hand. Like you're not just like, or even like a podium. Like it's weird to not have something in front of you. I will plug. So what I was going with the last episode of the Rad Dude Cast is Brendan, and I uh, one I'll give another plug to the cast. I don't think anyone they're coming to get you. Two, uh, Casey. Um, uh, That's not me. The last episode is great because it's Anthony and Brendan talking about his TV appearance. Um, and he tells like, like the, uh, I won't go into it cause you should really check it out. If you're interested in hearing about what goes into and what happens. And when you go on to do a stand up set, uh, on late night, it's interesting across the board, but if when it's somebody, you know, talking about, it, it's incredible. One detail is he had a choice between having a mic a wireless mic, having a mic in a mic stand, having a mic with a wire in a mic stand, or having no mic, and he went no mic. Oh, it was his option. And the reason he gives the option, I won't blow up a spot, is the exact same reason I would, because uh well it's it's uh, this one spot I'll talk about it, but everybody should listen to it. You were it's, saying you were saying it all goes through the lapel mic anyway, but you have a choice to have a prop that doesn't do anything in front legit of legit prop. And his, his real reason, I believe this too, was he's like, cause Anthony's just, he's fucking eating poor people's soup. He doesn't play around. He doesn't fake it. So he's like, the mic's not going to do anything. Fuck it. But then he right, said, don't have the mic then he was just like, he's like, I never got nervous on stage, but he's like, you never know what's going to happen in that situation. And two things happen when I get nervous, my mouth gets dry or my hands could shake. And if I have a fucking mic in my hand and it's without shaking, a mic yeah. stand to put it in, uh, all of a sudden you boom, that is your tell. This guy's nervous. Let's eat him alive. He's not ready for uh -huh. this. And just him talking about that made me like sick to my stomach because I just mm -hmm. had to give like a speech one time in a speech class and I just wasn't ready for it. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready for the big show. <laughs> all right. So I had it all on note cards that I quickly jotted down. And the amount of shaking got to the point where the teacher was like, um, stop, 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 stop the timer, stop the timer. Are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, just too much coffee, not enough sleep. It was so shaky. It was <laughs> like that guy we saw the first time we ever saw Casey uh, an yep. open micer. And I was like, open mic, that ain't nothing. We're going to do it. And he got up, like the first person I ever see get up the balls to go and do something to take a chance crashed and burned bigger than any big burning crash I've ever seen. So I was Old like, well, mouth. that's me. That's my head on his body neck. So I guess I'll never try anything outside of my comfort zone ever again. <laughs> well, that's a big difference between not being prepared, not having the speech prepared and, and having years of material like Anthony does, or like you presumably would have before going up on stage. Right. Or like we did, we always had stuff written down and practiced and prepared you're talking oh, to yeah. old top brain frywald and i've had so many experiences of not being prepared that even though now when i'm prepared 
they get into a fist fight. Like my brain's like, no, we're prepared. We're ready to do this. And all the old experiences of when I <laughs> went out there and wasn't ready to go, come here. Remember what happened. It's going to happen again. And then I still get like crazy nervous and, you know, I'm ruined. I'm, like I'm, I'm damaged goods it's, <laughs> like, forever. Like your brain just doesn't like, you know, like that phrase, like, I wish I know now what I knew then with that. You know, I, but it doesn't uh, I wish, matter. Yeah. Uh, I wish I knew what I knew then when it, when I was older. By when the faces, I was younger. I wish that I knew what I know now. When I was younger, I wish that I knew what I know now. When I was but if I did, it wouldn't matter because my brain is already <laughs> like melted. Like you can't like go in and fix that shit. It's your top brain. That's the. Top brain That's means whatever boils up to the No, top brain what? just means I have nothing. I have this you know, like how much gray matter exists in your brain? Uh-huh. Four pounds or so. How how heavy is your brain? Four pounds. Well my gray matters oh is gray matter smart or bad? <laughs> That's good. So I have no I have no matter. I have my my gray matter is black as coal. It's taupe. Yeah. It's just it's sick. It's- What's bad is having no wrinkles, so your your brain is smooth like a bicep. My brain is like, it's like a, a it's shiny like a squash. New apple. Just you would go skidding off that thing. You can ice skate on this brain. A good day. Don't need a zambone. It's as slick and shiny as a green pepper. Yeah, don't they say if you could stretch your brain out, it would like go around the earth two or three times. <laughs> sure would. Veins, I think. Your nervous system, all the oh. nerves in you. Oh, yeah, see, see, I'm fucking it up already. <laughs> so, anyways, to cap that, we're proud of you, Anthony. Um, Great job. He so looked, now, I mean, he looked also like he was not ready. Like when the they played music at the end, seemed sound sounded like he was sudden. He was probably nervous to get up, but then all of a sudden it was over. This is like they might have given him the light or something. He just again. Lo- oh. F- you know, surprised that it was over at the end. Surprised at every applause break. Surprised. Oh, I gotta go now? Shoot. Just having such a good time. Yeah, he just looked the embodiment of happy. Like, every time he got yeah. those applause mm-hmm. breaks, and yeah. he would look back almost as though... And it's not... It wasn't an act. He was looking back mm-hmm. at a sound guy or something that was actually laughing, and he, like, <laughs> yeah. would make eye contact with them, like, oh, yeah, no shit. Yeah, that is a good joke. The band, I think. Oh, the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how cool is that? So... So, yeah, that's awesome. So now we have no hope of getting him on. We only get Greg. Nope. So, uh, ugh, boy. I mean, it's going to take it a killer that. pitch to get old DeVito on. Jeez Louise. Oh, man. St. Patty's Day always follows my birthday. Did you guys, Casey, did you work? Hell yeah, I did. College you Town? Know what's m- College Town, you want to know what's more annoying than uh, bagpipes? Fireball to a orders. hot bagpipe set. Listen to bagpipes warm up. <laughs> they were not in tune, if you will. Oh no, they had to get they had to stretch their legs. They had to get a little beep 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 beep, beep. do a flat one just to make a guy laugh. It was fucking unbearable. <laughs> that sounds pretty rough. And then as I listened through it, I was like, are bagpipes even Scott or even Irish? No. They're absolutely not. Hundred percent not. Like, and like the band that was playing them had kilt tartan kilts, and I was like, "This isn't the, 
Irish. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Why are we? That is a perfect segue into a story I wrote about. Did you know Donald Trump spent St. Patrick's Day in uh, Ireland with their prime minister? Hmm. And do you know what he did? He this is golfed. The, Golf? <laughs> a scotch game. No, he quoted his favorite Irish proverb. And immediately people were like, that's not it. It is a direct That's from quote. the Quran. It's a direct <laughs> quote from a Nigerian poet who's Muslim. Nice. <laughs> it is not Irish in the least. Well, to him, everything is Irish or Nigerian Muslim. <laughs> I, I, Igerium. You mean, oh, everything outside of America is pretty much the same. But how, what a, but all right. Is that on Trump or is that on his writers? Like how, how, how does that happen? He's not listening to anybody. <laughs> he just says what's in his brain. But even a fucking, even if you go to quote.com, like Brainy quotes. it gives, it gives you the name of the person. Exactly. And I can imagine, I don't know the name of this Nigerian Muslim poet, but I would imagine his name wasn't Eugene O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> no. <laughs> It was your Eugenio honesty. Sorry. <laughs> Boom. Don't you write for the big raspberry? The big blonde raspberry? I mean, yeah, you know what? Two top brains don't make a right, but they will make some interesting news, me and Trumpy. I'll <laughs> oh, tell yeah. you that. It's Nothing uh, but firsts. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't, he doesn't That's funny. To, I mean, whatever. If like uh, it's stupid, he's yeah. It's not a smart thing to do, but are we surprised? No, of course not. Of course not. I was just no, we are not. And and, and, no, and no one who listens to him cares. How often are you a where it came from? Is does somebody like a poet who has his poet poem read by a president go? Uh-huh. Uh really? Ugh. Oh, I'm sure. Like, he's like, I don't support, like, he came out and made a statement. Like, he's actually a young, young guy. Like, no, I clearly, definitely do not support Trump. I'm, I'm amazed. He said something like that. He's like, I'm amazed he used that poem because he's like, it's published online. Like, you, yeah. how do you mix that up? Like, you're saying exactly what we're saying. It's like, what? Sure. What do you think if, like, let's say there's like a Valhalla for great writers, like, how often would they be up there hanging out and just like... Like you said, we're brainy quotes. How often are those quotes used either out of context or just for the worst? The crappiest paper in the world. Just like, oh, I found your quote. Now I'm going to tether it to this piece of dog shit. And you're like, that's not what I meant. You, uh, I think I do that now on a daily basis without a doubt. Oh, my God. I'm t- I, I wish I could think of the quote I used recently. It, it's it was some some bullshit on literature. and it And it is... Oh, uh, uh, I take it back. I have it. I have it for you. I have it for you. Boom. I got a quote. Brainy quote of the month. This is a new segment. Uh, It's actually kind of nice. But you tell me if this baby's spicy. Because I've read this a few times to people. And as I read one of the words, I think it's spicy. Gets a little hot. This is from, you you guys know Cananed, Cananed. Uh, famed Canadian novelist Margaret Atwood, right? Yes, I, yeah. But you really don't. That's that's my point. I mean, I know the name. I recognize the name. I couldn't tell you what she wrote. So if you were at a party and you pulled out a Margaret Atwood quote 
And then somebody said, oh, what's your favorite work by her? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> and you're wearing a Margaret Atwood, Atwood shirt. Because I would be in trouble if you press me further. My Atwood tour shirt. <laughs> so uh, here's the quote. Uh, and it is nice. I, I, I like the sentiment. So it's the Eskimos had 52 names for snow because it was important to them. There ought to be as many names for love. Is Eskimo spicy, though? I think it's fallen out of fashion a little bit. Yeah. Dirty. I mean, she wouldn't know that. Who? How old is she? And she's Canadian. They hate him. Oh, she's... They're <laughs> mortal enemies. Mm. I was going to say, yeah, it's Canadians versus the Eskies. Can you say that? <laughs> Most definitely That's what I was going to say. Is there, like, a, a word they could reclaim? Like, Esco? <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> but like uh, Eskimo with the with the hard O, the wide O, like that's offensive. Look at all those mo's, Eskimo. <laughs> Teach him something he had to know. Oh my God, Meg had French that movie Stevie on recently, and oh Jesus, uh, it's it's just too hard. Documentary. Why Sorry. would you do that to yourself if you she'd never if seen ever it done before. it one time? She so there's a bad documentary, uh, not bad. Okay, before we move on from Eskimo, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. In fact, let's just the, stay on Eskimo and then move into another direction because I hate talking about this. Uh, you you go out there and do the joy work based on the few words I said. Go ahead. Uh, wow, that sounded mean. <laughs> Great. So so yeah, it's a little out of fashion nowadays. Uh, Inuit, I guess, is the right word. But Inuit, yeah. The dirty ins, the ins and outs. Side, side, <laughs> sidewise to that, they didn't have, you know, forty or fifty or sixty-two, whatever words for snow that they're saying. This is a this is a long myth. Oh, a really? Long-held myth. So there's probably it, lists out there that are totally fake. They, they called it the whites. They called it. Right. Uh, oh yeah, and any, Sky and it's all that like. It's in all, all that ping ding faux Eskimo speech, you know, like the way they used to do for the the Chinese Americans or the immigrants, like that ping ding, like, oh my, you know, just that gross, fakey sounding, me likey, the meaty. Oh, God. I've never heard the Are term you, ping ding before. Pigeon? Pigeon, Pigeon is Hawaiian. <laughs> I don't know ping ding though. <laughs> ping ding definitely. Chinese hey, if version. we if we hadn't hit the if we hadn't hit the mark of a new epithet yet, ping ding. Boom. Uh, set that clock cha-cha-cha. back. Reset days since new epithet is back to zero. Oh jeez. <laughs> Jamaican Day. Put a put a pin in that, by the way. Jamaican Day Parade. For giving me the new <laughs> last episode you guys gave me the new racial stereotype that i didn't know about jamaicans having a bunch of jobs apparently now are you we didn't create it we just regurgitated (laughs) 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 we've expanded your mind henning we told you came up on the welcome uh, to the mud with us on the stand-up show we did we saw on saint patrick's day put a pin in that also i'll pin it but uh anyway about the snow yeah it just comes about because Languages are so different from English, and it comes about from looking at a different language than ours through an incorrect lens and the way they combine words. Like, we combine words with a hyphen, and, or maybe it's a with a space, and they're, they're two separate words, but if you 
compound them like in German that counts as a new word. So it's you know, it's all about how you count the words. And anyway, <clears throat> looking at looking at English, how many words do we have to to describe different uh, kinds of snow? Like you could count sleet or blizzard or hail, flake, hail, slurry, sky grease, white. <laughs> That's a good one. We got a bunch of whites. Um, Angel crap. Uh, <laughs> grapple. Uh, we got a date. Did you get... Um, we got a bunch of words, too. Uh, so I got to change it to the the Moe's. <laughs> Had the same amount of words. The mo. Oh, never. You know what? I'm off it. I'll, I'll, I'll work the it. Mo- I'll gonna, work a new... You're going to update Atwood? I'm updating. I'm going to say in my next yoga class, I got an updated Atwood. She was spicy. So, <laughs> yeah. speaking of Moe's. The Moe's uh, don't know more than the fat white. How speaking, many words do we have for love already, too? The Moe's had Maybe. this many ping dings for the whites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, heaven help Stormfront.com, us. Stormfront.com, here we come. Speaking of. Can I go to a speaking of point? Because okay. I'm going to transition to something. All right. Henning's I, got a bunch of pins, though. Henning has pins. Sag away. But this is going into, I guess it, there's a segment. But So there's a, sh- a, I'm throwing joy work out. Unbelievable joy work, in my opinion. You can, might have a second opinion. There is a movie. It's on Amazon.com right now. You can probably see, see the actual movie on YouTube. It's called No Retreat? No Retreat. No, no Retreat. Surrender. No surrender, '80s karate movie. It's in the version it's on Amazon. It's a riff tracks. Yeah, you don't want to watch the actual movie. Watch the riff tracks. This one will stand if you want to watch the actual movie because it's so perfect. It's one of those that hit the perfect mm-hmm. level of bad, where it's bad enough where you can have your own fun with it anytime you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't need Just the riff roll it out there. at a party. Yes, because yeah. it's it has break dancing. It has a fat guy who's the most archetypal 80s fat bully I've ever oh, yeah. seen. He's like, like, it is... like Augustus Gloop plus the guy from Pee Wee's Big Adventure in uh, one. <laughs> it's unreal. It's unreal the way they make this Just guy fat. Perfect. So, Casey, you definitely... When you first see him, he's dribbling gonna, cake will, out of his yeah. face. <laughs> oh, yes, he's yeah. literally sitting... And when you're introduced to him... Uh, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but when you're introduced to him, he just has a cake, like a infant celebrating his first birthday, a handful of crumbly cake, shoving it in his face, like not in his mouth, just like, look at the little neighbor, I'm the fat guy. It's like, and the entire time there's something going on with him like that. It's beautiful. And the reason I was segueing in it was Mm -hmm. the ping ding aspect. Because there's definitely some horrible racial stereotype situation shit happening. Yeah. Uh, with a famous <laughs> sensei who's never been a sensei, referred to as a sensei. But yeah. leave it at that. I'll pin it for you to joy work it. Put a pin for the work. It's a fucking treat. That was my favorite. That was my birth. That might have been my favorite part of the week. That and Jim Norton's <laughs> new comedy specials. Amazing. Amazing, really good. Maybe the one of the best comedy yeah. specials I've seen in a long time. Oh wow! Wow, plug central by me. Cross that swastika. Cross that swast. 
should do some riff tracks of our own. Oh, God, yeah. Or find this movie, do our own. <laughs> There's well, plenty of jokes they didn't make. We have. We need to find Sold Out, the Gary Busey slash uh, Barbarian Brothers. Barbarian Brothers yes. movie. Vehicle yeah, yeah. That, that is disappeared off the face of the earth. I bet they're still friends, don't you think? <laughs> On the fringes of society. I think they can only be friends with each other. Yes. Like, I don't think anybody else on the planet can stand the both of them. Oh, for sure. Separate, let alone together for more than a good about, 20 minutes. What about Jake? Do you think he like leaves the house when they get together? Son Jake? Buse? Do you even think they like talk to each other? <laughs> no. I think I think I hope he doesn't still live in the house. Well, I mean Hollywood <laughs> big houses. Man. They always have like a pool house or something. He's on the compound. Uh, yeah, I, I like that's a fun like I wonder what Gary Busey's doing right now. Uh <laughs> I mean the money is not he's doing a bet as we speak. He's doing Because you were like big house and I was like I bet he lives in an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> That's the there's your title Gary Busey lives in an apartment because <laughs> you're at as soon as that came out of your mouth you're absolutely right I was like he can't keep a big house like let alone like the maintenance of it he can't he doesn't have enough money to pay for it and he's not going to pay for it and he's not going to do it himself it's too yep. much work if you're Buse he lives in a duplex in West Hollywood like a not a decent duplex but he doesn't live in a house. <laughs> maybe shift the title from Gary Busey lives in an apartment to Gary Busey doesn't live in a house I don't know which sounds worse <laughs> am I right it could be it's either an apartment or a fucking tent or a bench or a cave somewhere where he's killed something to take it over as his own home but it's definitely he doesn't live in a house Gary don't Busey think does he, not live in a house maybe he lives in a hotel <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, yeah that's pretty skis I had it's inappropriate a, with the the maids. I had a customer that lived like he lives in a shit motel hotel. Well, maybe a maybe a Holiday Inn. I had like a customer a motor that, inn. that lived in uh, uh, the Waldorf Astoria. He was just some rich, um, uh, I don't know what do you call a stockbroker guy, Wall Street guy that made a shitload of money ripping people off in the eighties. Like has one of those Forrest Gump credit cards where he never has to worry about money again. But like. Like, but he, I don't want to say somebody's lonely because that makes me seem like mean to him. But like, he just lives in a hotel and now the hotel is his friends and family. And he only has the people around him are, I, because I say this only because they told me out of their own mouths, the people that hang out with him only hang out with him because one, he goes into their restaurant and tips them exorbitantly. And then afterwards oh, says, well, let's make it an after party. I'm paying, you know? So it's yes. like, it like, it's just like pay for your pay for play, I guess, kind of. And then you live in sure, a hotel. Yeah. So the maid is your buddy and it's a nice hotel. So they have like a bar at all times and like you can get anything taken up to your room. And that's all like somewhat included, like all the amenities and stuff. So it's like, you would think that's a great existence, right? But like, it's not because no one likes you. Yeah. And you just don't for real at all. No one actually likes you. Yeah. That's really creepy. And the aspect that you don't have to do like, I, I don't like making my bed, but the idea that 
I will leave a room and when I come back, it will be adjust. Like that's, that's also bizarre as well. Yeah. That might put you in a, in a very strange frame of mind. I would think maybe that's great. Or maybe you end up like dirty gates. You haven't earned anything from anybody. Like you may have more money than the bartender that you go to every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday through Sunday, baby. tip big, like, but fucking no way. Like you haven't earned it. Like I have to talk to you as a bartender. Like I have to, Mm -hmm. you may be the least annoying regular I have, but you're still a regular. You're still not my friend. Oh, this was a, yeah, I don't know why. Uh, you know, I wish him well, but he wasn't the type of uh, cordial tipper. He was a guy who's like, are you telling me that I gave you that kind of tip and you're telling me you can't do one more round? That kind of guy. Uh, mm. um, I hate those long arms. Oh, oh, all right. You talked about doing riff tracks. We will be getting together face on face soon. We got to do it. But I found a stack of old VHSs. We can, and we're going to literally call it, we're calling it Jerk Tracks. Okay. All right. <laughs> Captain Ron is on the list. Although that might be too... Too legit a movie? I don't know. No, Captain uh, Ron, we can make not. it happen. But I have a breakdance workout video. <laughs> yes, I think it's just called Breakin'. No, because there was Breakin'. That's break- the name of the movie. And he was in Breakin'. Yes. So this is like uh, basically who? the third sequel to Breakin' and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, yeah. was just Breakdance, the workout video. Because they oh. just cut to clips from Breakin', and then it cuts back to a 80s studio with a guy who's teaching like an aerobics class, only his Breakdance, <laughs> yeah. like teaching the moves. No attempted story. Okay. Uh, he and then, he and makes then a lot three... of costume changes. <laughs> oh, he does. And he then does. three is what? More of the same? That is three. Oh, okay. Three He's is... saying the workout video is the third installment. That's the third and only, yeah. Although No <laughs> Retreat, No Surrender <laughs> had a lot of breakdancing in it. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish... did Speaking of Anthony DeVito embodying happiness, didn't those people when they were breakdancing look like the happiest people you've ever seen in your life? Oh, yeah. Just smiling and like... But like like, I don't know. The smile seemed genuine. I think breakdancing. Breakdancing's the best I mean, medicine, baby. That's what cocaine does to you. You feel good. <laughs> the Jerry Curls. That movie, Casey, it's just like, I know it's, it doesn't do anything for anybody to talk about it like that here, but we'll 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 chat it up uh, uh, down the road when we've all uh, seen it. Breaking, Captain Ron, any ones you want to throw in there? Breaking's good. Have to think about it. Good, terrible. I mean, there's one movie you talked about, um... This no retreat, no surrender. Uh, I'd heard about, it, and then Timmy and I watched it. It's called Jin Kata. Oh yeah, it's I'm, the movie they made around a Olympic. Met, I believe he won the gold medal. It's something like just to that a effect, straight up eighties yeah. like Olympic what? Gymnastics. Olympic gym oh. gymnast. Oh. So it's you know it your karate Jim Kata. Yes. No, it's cool. it's own form of of uh, karate. Uh, involving like, uh, uh, you know, like parallel bars covered in fake vines, rings <laughs> in vine shapes hanging from trees, oh, palma horses that crazy. look conspicuously like logs with palma horse handles on them. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. No, it's straight up like he's an assassin, but he's also like a famous gymnast. And then, of course, it's like set in Colombia and the villain's a drug dealer, but he has a castle. 
and a bunch of ninjas, like straight up, like they wear black and have swords ninjas. What was the deal with these movies? Like making in the eighties, got to get, get kids up and moving. Was that the idea? The eighties were gotta just kids fucking... interested in breakdancing, karate, gym. Well, they were like, this guy is, he, this guy is a famous athlete. Like, it's just, they were like, let's make an action movie with this guy. He's got a little bit of name recognition. Like, I'm sure they made some money off of it. I think it was, it, was it not the emergence of the ease of movie making and like, like the fact that like these, these like studios came up and they could actually just like throw things at the wall and if one hit it like just paid for all this like garbage it's like there's a documentary about the guys who made over the top Mm. the rise of video yeah the idea like film was no longer like the money going the investment into the printing of it it disappeared it's like that scene in fucking uh boogie nights boogie nights when Burt Reynolds is talking about how it's not art anymore. And it's the same thing. It's video. It's garbage. You just let the camera roll. I think that's his his actual quote is like, so it was just the rise of video. And then they needed that hook. They needed like, oh, this guy was a Golden Glove winner. We're not going to make a boxing movie with him. You could shoot anything. We're going to make a, he's an assassin. Could shoot anything with video. Doesn't matter. Yeah. why, Why the athletes, because over the top was successful. Um, and then they were like, let's make a movie around every sport. Half nah, sport. It was like Reagan and fitness and like all of that shit was like just being promoted so hard. Like something other than drugs you can do with yourself. Yeah. Just Kids. be active. Don't. But it wasn't even that. They didn't even extol the virtues of like working out. They were just like, this guy's excellent at something. And what he's excellent at is, is gymnastics. Making a gymnastics movie, that's not for tough dads. Like, let's make him an assassin. And it's all, you know, they everyone has an Uzi and a pleather jacket. Yeah, I guess it's like, it, it does come down to the fact that they're like, karate movies are big. Bend on, bend on, bend on. Gymnast? Mm-hmm. Check the list. Oh, get on it. Hank, write up, write it up. And there is a boom. cool documentary. Next I don't know if it's on Netflix or Amazon. Bowling. Uh, Hans, you may remember it just from growing up in that era. You too, Henning. There was a production company called Orion. Oh, yes. Of course mm-hmm. I do. I can and the opening right thing now. is stars. the stars spinning, and then yeah. they pew, shoot across and spell the name. Yep. Um, it's a great documentary. It's just history of that company and how it came to rise. And that is very much rewatching it. Ashley and I were like, shit, I remember this movie. I remember. Mm -hmm. And they're all just like cheap. It's just these like two Israeli businessmen, like who are like, this is what's popular. We got money. Like they totally crunched the numbers on everything. Cool. Uh, And it's cool. It's just a cool insight for movies. Kind of. Yeah. And they were like, and also just into like stuff they liked. Like, they were part of the reason Chuck would, Norris is a quote-unquote action star. I would Ugh. watch a documentary on how they made the, the title animation. Oh, no, totally. Like, me. it's so iconic of Any, a title opening. Are you going to make a documentary about logos? <laughs> and actually, it would probably be kind of cool. Don't, don't lead with the fucking lamp from Pixar. Pixar. No, that's way later. Hit him hard with an Amblin Entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Universal. Oh, yeah. No, don't start How- with Universal. Too hot. 
how titles evolved over the you start with a Saul Bass, I guess, when titles became an art form, really, back in Hitchcock days. Oh, yeah. You he know was what? Like the fir- first famous artiste who went about it. And you could go into like Do one a of my seven, another milestone. The movie Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those titles. Well, how like are after those? after Seven, every movie's title was basically jittery camera He's, on. Henning's on, talking like, about the attention. title, the sequence, the the title sequence. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you're you're literally talking about the animation that goes into showing the title of a company. <laughs> yes. Well, there's art to that, and my favorite part is when they play with it the same like way I do with like the podcast or something with the intro. So like the universal logo at the beginning of Jurassic Park, mm. right towards the end. It shifts a little bit towards yeah. Pangea, and you hear like a roar, <laughs> boom, a little taste of what's to come. Oh, right. Or the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the Paramount mm. Mountain is the fades yes. into the mountain. I think we got a documentary on hands. Nice water world. They did that with the, the globe from Universal. Started you seeing the water come up and overtake the land. Yes. Do you think that's one person's job? Just to make logo custom, tags customize the logos we need companies. a cuss because i that's my i could gig that any day of the week i think it's got to be a lot of um legal work to get permission first to mess with the logo yeah they're like don't fuck with our brand Do <laughs> unless it's not. really important yes do you think that's Waterworld, a harder pitch Costner? pitch than the sure. actual movie pitch the, the logo change pitch Pitching that, I I would imagine probably just walking into a room with a bunch of suits, sweating like you have like a whole presentation just to see the tiny two seconds you're gonna do with the thing. Get out of here! That sounds like a jerk practice sketch we would take to fruition, where people would be like, "Am I watching an entire five minute sketch about a business meeting?" Of course pitch they would. About we the, last the last two seconds, ten minutes talking about our love for the animation of title sequences. Of course, we'd write that sketch, and people would be like, "I don't understand what they're saying. This is insane." <laughs> a lot of exposition that we would only put in at the conclusion. That, you know, like when you see Jurassic Park and there's a thing. We all loved Waterworld when they flooded the Universal (laughs) Globe. You see it right at the end. We've never even seen Waterworld. You got to watch close. You got to watch close. Not title sequences, you moron. Logo tags. (laughs) Logo animations. Just the logos. They got like too crazy. Like the one with Saw, like where it's all the gears winding together and then, or no, it's Twisted Entertainment. So it's like barbed wire. It's very cool and actiony and like '90s, mm. and the barbed wire is twisting around like a railroad spike or a coffin spike, and then right towards the end, it spins out really fast, and then mm-hmm. the railroad spike goes in to be the eye of like Twisted Entertainment. <laughs> like a, they spin it like a helicopter. Or like like the like the tension of the toy? barbed wire coming apart shoots the nail up. Right. Like a right. bullet, it spirals like a bullet. Yeah. Up. So that's too much or that like crazy logo where it's like the kid, you have to wait for that kid to walk all the way down the end of a fucking dock and then to throw his <laughs> fishing pole like his fishing line into the water. You know that one? And then he's sitting on the moon and then he hops onto a moon. That's DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Too much. Keep dreaming and do some work. Stop <laughs> dreaming and do some work, DreamWorks. <laughs> Get your five-second oh, logo together. 
Oh. <laughs> oh man, the logo game. It sounds like a fun game. But until you actually have like not like just adding a tag, but like if you were tasked, maybe you've done, had this Henny where they're like, mm. "We need here's our company, here's what we represent. Hit us with the logo. It needs to uh, you know, cross all these demographics and hit that." And then you always end up with just like a P with a boot on. <laughs> you know, it's like I do one that was just um, logo type, but I did at one point animate the Monopoly guy, Moneybags, coming out oh, of shit. coming out of the O in like ten different ways oh, to the... satisfy the client. They had to choose one. What what were the it, options? Po- he pop out and he puts his hat on. He has his hat in his his uh, hand at first, and he does a really weird and then he flourish. Doffs his, yeah, and doffs his cap at the audience. And then it, Monopoly. So all the different you ways you could do that. Hmm? Did you hit him with a fun one in the middle to ease the tension in the room? Breasts? <laughs> <They> were... <laughs> Bikini top? Well, they were all Balloon. fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. A rabbit falls out of the hat on one of them. Ri- oh, that, that was, was your own take? No, Ooh. it wasn't. <laughs> Just not as funny as boobs. All of them were They were fun supposed to make a... Monopoly movie. Oh my god. Are you uh, kidding me? Directed by Ridley Scott. Starring Donald Trump as Donald Trump. As the 45th president, bro. Sorry. They That's a real thing or are you yanking my crank? No, it's a real thing. Like when that like because that Battleship movie came out, like oh, they yeah. were going to do a <laughs> Monopoly movie. But it wasn't successful, was it? I think Battleship did very very well. Fucking damn it. I mean, for a board game made into a movie, I guess. But it depends on what your aggregate is. Well, I well, I think they had a We're huge doing budget. Real for it. games. Gymnastics, karate, arm wrestling, okay. But now we're <laughs> moving Gymnastics on. is not a game, it's a way of life, Henning. <laughs> I mean, we may have covered some of this when we when we, we talked about clue, but like is that really like what they think work they're like they know this is a thing. People will go see a movie. Like, can we make a Guess Who movie that's just like a crazy, bloody <laughs> Joe Kenda episode? Yes. Oh, God, that's a great idea. <laughs> and have they made... Starring uh, John Turturro. They've made the it. the bumbling cop. Uh, yeah. And fat guy from No Surrender, No Retreat <laughs> as the fat guy who he probably looks identical to, to whoever the fat guy is on the Guess Who plaque card. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The redheaded Hulk Hogan, Elf Alfred. <laughs> Have they? Um, uh, so they made a gymnast karate movie. Have they made yeah. a yoga karate movie? Ooh. Yogata, Mister Norata. This is a great idea. Probably no. Yoga punch. Good name. Jim <laughs> Kata. Yog. Uh, Yogitsu. Yog, no. <laughs> Yo, get out of here. <laughs> uh, I like yoga kill. But uh, <laughs> just yoga kill. Or it's got to be like Operation Yoga Kill. You got to give it a little pizzazz. That's fucking great. Do you know how. Like it's secret, government funded. All these yogis are trained. Undercover yoga assassins. They go out to, to, you know, liberal urban communities everywhere and teach. And they're 
what what's the what are they about? What are they trying to? Accomplish? There's an evil. What? There's an evil Indian bill, tech billionaire. <laughs> yep. What better way to blend in than to be a white send a yoga bunch instructor. of instructor whites. <laughs> <laughs> send a bunch of snow to india oh white people all right yeah all right. um uh and but that's the thing there there has to be like you have to have that scene with the special forces and it's the guys they're supposed to send but then there's like an elaborate trap where the billionaire kills them so then we got to send in the old mr toilets the and, trainers of the trainer and you're all we got left we have to have somebody uh, explode somebody's head with an ohm. <laughs> yeah, with a mantra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the oh, the yeah. kill mantra. You're not supposed to use that one. Yeah, you need... Uh, <laughs> my mantra is death. Like, you need, like, all these one-liners. This is a great idea. See, but that's Talk the thing. The Henning's that video. guy, and nobody believes him. Like, there's a crack team of yoga instructors there, and Henning's the, the ohm one, and no one believes him because it's... It's never happened, man. He doesn't talk. It's never going to happen, man. He doesn't talk except for the mantra, whatever mantra is appropriate to the situation. Oh, exactly. He's just mantra. spitting out. Um, so he's kind of like the, the data sort of like he doesn't make sense. He's kind of Asperger'sy, but like he's always got a good mantra for the moment. <laughs> Real quick speaking. And of- then the killer ohm. Yoga, I was at the, uh, I don't want to blow on anybody's spot, so I won't say any specifics. And it doesn't even have to be at yoga. But anyway, so I was working at a place and the person I was working with dressed completely normal because he was just there to do some doctor toilet work, just doing maintenance stuff for the day. You make sure everything's running fine. You sweep up, you mop up, you clean a few things. You wear jeans and a t-shirt. Everything's cool. Everything's normal. I've seen this guy throughout the day. I'm doing my own thing. I'm fixed. Doctor toiling it up. And about to close up, this guy comes around the corner, casual as fucking pie in women's uh, boxer briefs, like tight, skimpy, with Marvel characters on him, bottom of buns, cheeks hanging out, no, like, just without acknowledging it. And I was just like looking at him. I didn't say anything. Like, what are you? What is this? It's like, don't want to get my jeans wet. And he's just mopping. So you put panties on? <laughs> That's what. And I was like, I told uh, Meg about this. She's like, yeah. Every time I work with him, you never know when, but you know it's coming. He'll just choose whatever activity, and that activity will be done in a form in women's of. Under- Cause I was like, yeah, these shorts were like nice and brightly colored. She's like, nope, he's got a pair of black and white stripes too. I was like, are they boxers? She's like, fuck no, those are women's high cut boxer panties, and Ooh. we can't figure it out. But I mean, nice enough guy. But, but like, but every shift he finds a task that will require a pair of tight women's boxer panties. Well, he, I guess, yeah, he guess he did explain to me that this was the reason he was doing it. And I didn't ask him. He hates what getting his jeans wet were. and they're always wet. Like, I don't want to get Windex on my jeans. So I better clean these windows in these <laughs> skimpers. But I don't know. And But people should do shit like that. That's what makes life fun. That guy did me a favor. I felt great for like an hour. Cause not, not, and not great in a sense like of a superiority greatness. Just like. Wow, that was a weird thing. Like, great. I love when weird things happen to me throughout mm-hmm. the day. As long as they don't hurt anybody. 
that could hurt somebody. I don't know. Like that could offend <laughs> if you're a, like a, a, I don't know if you're shorter, if you're sensitive or something. I don't know. Sensitive to those kind of things. Cause <laughs> what did Meg say? Meg just said like, cause I was like, I don't know. He's just wearing his underwear. Right. She's like, those are women's underwear. And I don't need to see how hairy the very, very top of the back of his legs are. And that just means like yeah. the swath of hair True. you get where butt cheek meets thigh. Yeah. Hamstring. Nobody it's a very intimate, that. very intimate look into somebody's life. I uh, recorded a uh, speaking of black Bundy's. Do you guys want to hear like a rough? Uh, uh. Well, it's not. A, it's a rough hook of a potential black Bundy song. It's wow. not on the computer, Henning. It's recorded <laughs> immediately after I got out of the shower. So I didn't forget the words. One second. Hold. Well, not hold. Talk. No, I just assumed oh. you would cut this. Yeah, that's not what I thought, too. Happen. <laughs> you know me. You know how I do. There we go. Yeah, we both assumed there would be an edit there. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Trying to figure out the phone. So, I will cut it. So, now we have to figure out like how like an easy way to cut right into it Do we need to clap is. again? No clap. Just reintroduce the song again. Well, oh, yeah, so in the shower, I got Black Bundy's on the brain, and I hit this great Because of Don Honda? Track. Maybe Don Honda's got... in there. Probably is because of Don Honda. But I think, and I haven't listened to this since I recorded it, I swear to God. But I have written in my notes, did this sound a little too Blink-182? And that's not the direction <laughs> I want to take the Bundy's. better, no. though. Even so, better, though. That's, so, that's pop punk, and that Black Bundy's are so true I, punk. Uh, but that's where it ends. That's yeah, the last song. We don't want to bubblegum the Bundys. Let me see. <laughs> uh, how do I play this? Speaker. This is like just disaster. This is why you don't take a mic <laughs> onto The Tonight Show. Really? <laughs> Too many props to deal with. Oh, oh boy. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, this is even better than I expected. All right, Sweet here we go. Peak. Here we go. Black Bundys, Late Tonight track. Coming at you. I'd like to be the one who's not late tonight, but I might be late tonight. I'd like to be the one who's not late tonight, but I might be late tonight. I'd like to be the one who's not late tonight, but I might be late tonight. Bundy's track Bundy's <laughs> do not like being late. Not tonight. Tonight, <laughs> but they but might. They might be. <laughs> oh God! Not bad, right? They know themselves. They might be. Henning, I don't know. I, I think we need this to some guitar. Okay. I think in the spinal tappy arc of the Black Bundy's, that may be their their pre-punk, you know, bar mitzvah <laughs> band song. <laughs> Oh yeah, what was that? Uh, listen to what the, river the flower men. people say. Yeah. Say, yeah. Ah, that's so good. And that was what? That was a uh, Spinal Tap, like they're uh, this like oh, hard yeah, yeah. death metal band, and right, then they yeah. show them in the '60s. <laughs> I think that's yeah, that's the teen when we were teens. <laughs> so <laughs> might have been thrown out of tonight. nowhere. Good chorus. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, high, it's a. We call it a hook. Not late tonight. 
Better late than Better never. Late. Now I just gotta I gotta write some uh, some. Uh, well, you can speed it up. Uh, like how do you? I like to be late tonight, but I'm late and I might. <laughs> Who is late tonight? <laughs> so you can. That's the that song thing. we keep with us for always. Yeah, it's our creep. Better late than never. That's even better for a sappy love song. Oh God, yeah, that's that's. I'm, maybe I need to put that one in the chest. Better late in love than never. So the Bundys have two hot albums that are rock. They rock the music world because it's so crusty and black. And then this baby, like that one song by Green Day, that's like this resurfaces after they're popular. Well, they and embarrasses them. They do the black bundiest thing of all mm-hmm. and release a bubblegum pop song about better being better late than never, like Green Day <laughs> did with "Time of Our Life" or "This Is a Moment" or whatever. God, song there's that have. there's that one Kiss album where their B side was this really like '70s love song. What the fuck was the name of it? Because it was uh, the drummer Peter Chris sang it. God damn, it's a woman's name like Donna or something. Um, Not that Kiss was all that hard, like they were hard, but that one was just this sappy love song. It's a good Kiss love song. Some though. good hard tracks. I just remember, I don't remember it, but I love that Kiss in the '80s. They finally went, "We're going no makeup," and they released one album, oh, yeah. no makeup, and everybody's like, "Oh God, <laughs> you're Put ugly. makeup on you trolls! <laughs> Go record under a bridge." <laughs> I wish they had not returned to Kiss and just became like the under the bridge under the bridge jug band. Isn't there a band? Isn't there like there was that trend in the seventies where everybody like had like we're the Brooklyn Bridge Under Gap band or like mm-hmm. yeah. we're the Central Street Station Grifter or, or <laughs> I, don't I don't know. They they're just named, they're it named after, around one corner in specific. Yeah, transportation <laughs> landmarks like we're the Statue of Liberty. We're the we're the Statue Liberty Stats. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good Staten name. Island Ferry Band. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's, That's much good. better. Yeah, we're the MTAAA. <laughs> that was I don't know. <laughs> MTA Seven Streets. Seven Seven Street. Uh, no. Uh, what would it be? Uh, uh, seven train stop. That's what they're called. <laughs> Cortland Avenue crooners. No, it does. It has to be something full like the Mulberry, the Mulberry Boys. <laughs> that sounds like a like a like a thirties like Great Depression. Don't mess with the Mulberry Boys. Oh yeah. I love how like kind of we're so detached from the idea of like this uh, bank robbers and all this stuff. Like oh, it was just fun and games in the Wild West. They show up to a midwestern bank and they say a funny quip and have a withdrawal and then you hear about like an actual case or like the james gang went into uh uh i forget what place went to rob a bank in minnesota and the entire town locked them in the bank and then got themselves like set up along the streets and then unlocked the bank and just said run for it and they just gunned them all down northfield minnesota it's It's like the yeah it's like the end of young guns that's like, you know what uh, I have like a weird affinity for, but it's grotesque, are those old Western photographs of mm. dead gunslingers. Mm. Like, oh, in the coffins in the yeah, like they, Main like, Street? They mount them up or whatever. Like, yeah, it's really, like, really morbid. But, like, I can't mm. look away when I see that shit. Because mm. that's the Black Bundy cover. 
for yep. better late than never is all of us in old timey western. Uh, God, that's a perfect name for a yeah. punk cover if it's just old gunslingers in coffins and it says better late than never. I mean, you just with bullet holes in it. All we're missing X's is over music. our eyes. Yep. So that they know we're dead. Better late than never. You Better late than never, fucker. Have segments? What's happening, man? <clears throat> I'm going to do a a menopause for y'all first. Ooh. What's a what's All a right. pause sound effect? That's no, not pause. Does <laughs> it? Just uh we'll play sure. the theme music maybe, I guess. Thank you for being a jerk. I posit Henning has a menopause. <laughs> I do. There you go. AKA segment. Or Black Bundies could do a cover of the Goldie Girls theme song. Mulberry Boys. Golden Girls. Mulberry Boys. The old Mulberry Boys. So I've graduated to season two of Golden Girls, and the first episode is called The End of the Curse. And it's not about Sophia finally removing the Sicilian black magic spell she cast on the next-door neighbor who refused to pay for a downed palm tree that fell on their property. Not that curse. That was season one. This is the end of the curse. Menopause. The change. Really? Yeah. They're edgy. It's the episode. What's your menopause about, H-Bomb? Menopause. Yeah, but what's it about? No, the menopause is about menopause. Did you want and to do actually... this beforehand? I would have been I would have I would have fed it to you. Now I'm gonna go in and edit myself hitting you with that. That's exactly the reaction I was going for. Oh, you schemed me. You Eskimoed me. Snowed me. You know what I mean. Hans is disappointed in my It does not say that, does it? Uh who is actually on on first, by the way. Blanche initially thinks she's pregnant. There it is. That's the reaction. <laughs> Blanche initially thinks she's pregnant, not knowing, not having had her period for 10 weeks. Oh, I don't like this a bit. And not there's comfortable. Just kidding. I am so comfortable. And there's some, <laughs> there's some typical Rue versus Estelle patter about which of the four men she was sleeping with could be the father. After a visit to the doctor, though, it turns out Blanche is just going through menopause and she'll never have the curse or get pregnant again. This is devastating for Blanche, who is the last of the girls to go through it, but no big deal for the others who have all been there. To them, it's nothing. It means no more monthly cramps, mood swings, and bleeding in an exchange for the occasional hot flash. Sounds like a good deal to me. Fair. To her, however, she is no longer a woman, no longer attractive, and is now relegated to spend the rest of her life in the company of women waiting for the next Danielle Steele novel. Ooh, timely. <laughs> Danielle, male or female Danielle Steele? I'm pretty sure it's female. It's with an E on the end, Danielle. Oh, I, I never knew. 
Ever you ever read one? A novel? No, I have not. Casey, nope. that's for Steel when I fan? that's for when I retire nope. and live in live in Miami, and I have nothing else to wait for. And then I'll turn up in the door like Tony Danza and spit in my hand, and I'll dust <laughs> your Danielle Steels. <laughs> that is the weirdest. All right, go ahead. Sorry, we'll we'll have a who's the boss bonus some other day. <laughs> Because that just, we got to figure that one out. But please, we're on a pause here. Who's the pause? Unpause it. Uh, so, says the psychiatrist, so menopause represents growing older to you. Yes. That's Blanche. Mm-hmm. And growing older mm-hmm. represents a loss of attractiveness. Yeah, yes. That's a better a Blanche, better. yes. <laughs> yeah. And is that all there is to you? Sex appeal? Yes. But fortunately, it's only a brief conniption. After the visit to the psychiatrist, talking it out with her friends and seducing a handsome younger veterinarian with jeans and a great head of hair and chest of hair who is at the house checking on the girl's failing mink farming business. Wait. Uh Uh-oh. Wait. Blanche gets her groove back. Okay, what? What? Chest hair? Was that sought after in the 80s? Were they not only looking for doctors, but looking for... Doctors with a nice quaff of chest hair? I think so. You've seen Magnum P.I. Oh, good yeah, point. Their go-to as the sexiest man alive is Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, sure. Who's coming up in a in a future episode. He's in it? Hmm? Oh, man. Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> you haven't watched all these? Oh, no. I'm, I'm on, like, episode four. Catch on up. I'll get there. I'm too busy... I'm too busy dreaming of my. Uh, I'm too busy dreaming of my have a good night court. It'll never happen. It'll never happen because I'm too cheap to shill out per episode. It'll happen. It'll happen. Blanche gets her groove back. She realizes, like Dorothy and Rose and Sophia before her, that menopause doesn't change a thing about her personally or sexually, and the problem with her perception was rooted in how people she grew up with didn't talk about the change and the curse. For example, by burying it behind euphemisms like the change and the curse. It was the company of these women that got her through. As always, I'm impressed how tight the writing is that they pack in all this commentary and frank talk into an episode, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's only, it's only later when you're done laughing at Sophia that you unpack it and realize how many points they actually made in amongst the jokes. Did Sophia make a big, have a big lasagna dump? <laughs> no and what, what was she doing that's last, the only last time change i she need coming right. up with a spray, yeah. she's always got the spray she's always looking for she was mink farming this time that's crazy <laughs> i was coming up with a crazy <laughs> new business scheme that's all sitcoms are like you could literally interchange sitcoms with modern art and no one would know the difference <laughs> I was walking on the subway, and uh, they had an image of modern art that was just a, a guy or a girl, but in a army outfit, replace the head with uh, a mushroom cloud. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just switch that to... Does that remind you of an episode of Golden Girls? No, just switch that to how crazy... How cra- that's so weird. Mm. It's no weirder than Tony Danza arriving at a random person. I'm stuck on it now. It's no, it's uh-huh. no, it's no different than Sophia putting an Italian death curse on a neighbor 
who wouldn't get rid of a palm tree. That just yeah. needs to be playing on a loop in the subway, and I'll go, oh, got new somebody new at the MoMA. <laughs> Does it sound too bad waiting around, guys, for the next Danielle Steele novel? As yeah, as you get older and re- and retire, are they mysteries? Uh, are they? No, are they're they, like, are they bodice rippers. Are they salacious? They're bodice. They're bodice rippers. They're romances. romances. I've never heard that term before. <laughs> bodice ripper, panty droppers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you could. The dirt baggy portion. <laughs> the ones you buy in Times Square. Yeah, what's the uh, nastier version of a bodice ripper? Woman raper. The, I got the, did you hear? Uh, spice yeah. alert. <laughs> yes. I got the latest issue of the hottest woman raper. <laughs> Good God. Oh, man. He said it, not me. But I said oh, it yeah. loud and many, many times. But I'll, I'll keep saying it until I'm forced to stop. That'll be my next yoga quote. I'll be like, the last one I said apparently was wrong and racist. So that's what Gary (laughs) Busey's doing. So I will be reading from H-Bomb's latest woman raper. (laughs) Busey's just waiting for Henning's new, yeah, lady raper. And now let's leave with one final Bundy. I'd like to be. All right, go ahead. (laughs) It doesn't sound too bad to me. As long as you're in the company of these women, you're in Miami. Wearing flowing silk cap- silk captains twenty four seven, and there's no shortage of chocolate cheesecake in the fridge. We should all be so lucky, right? Are they going to subjugate me? Is their their gay chef keep me in the <laughs> maybe den? Is that so bad? Being Coco to their no, Gigi's? I would, no, nothing. Coco <laughs> is probably Coco was a fucking firecracker. I guarantee you. <laughs> Up at all hours, martinis at 3 a.m., him and Blanche going out for some strange. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, that's the episode you didn't see. She's his, uh, I think that's a thing, and forgive me, maybe I should just stop here. There's a thing (laughs) where, ah, boy, all right, going into it, I think there's a social construct that exists that has may be a stereotype but it could be real where a certain type of gay man hangs out with a certain type of woman to make themselves feel more attractive does that sound right beard and then the woman (laughs) hangs out with the gay man because she likes hanging out with a good-looking man right and she has a crush on them Right. But she can never attain them. But she'll never be rejected. Or if she is rejected, the rejection is accepted because she's only being rejected because he's gay. Right. Are you pitching a 90s Miramax rom-com to me right now? Pitching Clerks the sitcom, which I saw a <laughs> taste of. And holy Couldn't guacamole. do it, could you? Wow. Talk about riff tracks. I love Kevin Smith more than a, a lot of things, but. I I've, I think that one got away from him. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> unpause. Unmute. No. Re, yeah. Unmute. Unpause. From. Nah, I won't say it. I won't say the term. Say it. <laughs> Forget it. Is it. Could it be any worse than the WR? <laughs> it used to be called fag hag, from the woman's point of 
you. Oh, uh, I feel dirty. But you're real, man. That's Bundy action right there. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't edit a, yourself. Don't give a fuck. Don't say the the this letter word or the that letter word because you're just making them think it, man. I'm a Bundy. <laughs> I'm a BB, and I shoot straight. <laughs> Is that right? There's that Louis C.K. bit about how the n-word is offensive to him not the actual word but, but the saying I, the n-word it's a really really brilliant bit euphemizing we, it we had a friend and i won't go into it but he used to uh he's a he's a professional comedian he always, he's always been amazingly funny I, I don't think he mind so sean Patton used to host our oh, sh- yeah i say it like like we were anything he would uh thankful what am i trying to say he hosts our shows he'd open up he'd yeah. warm up everybody do sets all this stuff and he'd go on and for a long time he's the reason some people would come and see our show like amy heckerling so we could true uh shit w- walk the bed. Her for life um but he did a bit that was pushing the extreme like that as well but it was in the when you see somebody that's like i'm gonna fucking buck convention i'm gonna yeah. Throw away uh, sociolinguistical norms, and I'm gonna fucking throw this word in their face. And he did it, and it was this longest bit about how. See, I, I can't say it, but like Can how his sister's word? horse's name was the N word. <laughs> and already, like, I feel like a pussy for saying that, but it went on and on. And he's like, and I would have to call the horse, and I'd be like, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> Obviously, insert insert word, and it just went on and on. I was like. This is fucking like, uh, like just like the intensity of that was somebody trying to work something out like that mm. and like really committing to it was hopefully spe- it w- it's special. Like it's, it's fun to be a part of, uh, of course, unless you're the one being offended. I don't think anybody was, but they yeah. were just like, there was a huge shock factor. Do you remember that case or am I like, hopefully was it- this a fever dream I had? Uh, I remember him doing a bit. I don't remember the, the specifics of it, but I do remember it being long, like <laughs> purposefully long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, cause that's yeah. the point is to like, you think it's going to be a quick thing and he's going to go away from it. And he's like, no, no, we're going to sit in this and we're going to like, oh, I see. and it's one of those where he, he tries to turn you and then he wins you back. Like, yeah, it's yeah. one of those. Yeah. Hopefully it went somewhere besides just, um, the shock of the word and then lingering on it. Yeah, yeah, it, it ended it, up somewhere. It didn't end up in his act anymore that I know of. But uh, yeah. speaking of, yeah, there's nothing better than seeing like we just have so many amazing comedian friends uh, that are so good at their craft, and maybe not particularly like. Um, there's a few comics we know, like John O'Donnell. Like he is an absolute master at purposefully. I think it's purposely. Maybe it's not because he knows how to press buttons. He will push an audience button so hard, like he will dig himself into the deepest, like recesses. Yes, and yeah. he, <laughs> I've seen it numerous times. Like by the end of his mm-hmm. set, like when he pulls out of it, sometimes it didn't happen, but when he does, it's like it was awesome to watch. Yeah, like to to recover yeah. a crowd. It's like, that's <laughs> that's that's some Black Monday action, baby. Yeah, he was good at that. There was um. On my on my train ride home from the St. Patrick's Day stand up, there was, was a a group of black kids celebrating who had kind of taken in. Wait, wait! Black people can't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. 
No. No. I'm, they were. I'm just <laughs> Ask kidding. any I'm, Irish person. I'm just Were I'm, they appropriating culture? No, no, no. You're taking the, I was I was trying to make you look bad. Oh, now I look bad. <laughs> Cuz that's how my life works. It they, doesn't. They were taking the the mantra everyone's Irish tonight to heart, I guess. Except for the Scots in Casey's. <laughs> Except for the confused Scots in Casey's bar. And likewise, they were they had taken this white kid under their you know, 18-year-old kid under their wing and we're partying with him and drinking. And we're saying, "No, tonight you can say that word." Oh no. Oh, everyone's Irish tonight, everyone's. Yeah, tonight. But he would not. Also the spicy in. Everybody's spicy and tonight. He Everybody was... get down tonight. <laughs> so what's so was drunk as hell but train? would not would not say it. Wiser men have cracked, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Under that under that uh uh opening. Ugh. Oh, well, we just uh, saw a comic. Jeffrey Joseph did a great bit. I'm not going to repeat uh, the, his bit, but like he says, like when he, you know, Jeffrey Joseph, Jeffrey Joseph's great comic. Yeah. We found out he's on in living color. One episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but that was the, that was the one credit that Bergstrom mentioned when he got up. He was just on a commercial I saw. Oh yeah. Like for a, like a, on Hulu, it was one of the ones they're playing on a loop. It's like for Salvation Army or a food pantry or something. Oh, cool! I was like, "Why do I know that guy?" Do you know? Do you? I was trying to explain to Henning. So Henning and I went to a comedy show on St. Patrick's Day. Not mm. rowdy at all, by the way, mm-hmm. except for the host, Eric Bergstrom, was a little, <laughs> a little rowdy. Yeah, you don't go. Oh, to, you guys went to Cobra Club. Yeah, you don't go to Deep Brooklyn cool. to celebrate St. Patty's Day, right? You go no. to downtown. These are the cool cats. Too hip, chilling out. Too hip to, on to be Saint square. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, but do you, I was trying to tell Henning, when we first were doing shows around Jeffrey Joseph, or he started first coming around the creek, he mm-hmm. was in character the entire time for like a month, right? Where he just played a super effeminate gay yeah. man. Like, he had on that stage and off. character, yeah. Yeah. It was around like like people he didn't know or pe- new people. Yes. Because it was like, I saw him do it on stage, and like, that was one of the the turns he does in the bit is he like the bit is he goes from that fake character to like a normal straight lace sort of bassy. You're like, yeah. Oh, and you think it's oh. a bit and he would do it off stage. But like, then I heard him talking about his day job as a teacher and I was like, Oh shit. So that is, he commits a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, and he's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cool. He subverts you. But no, he would, he would do that fake effeminate character on on and off stage at these shows and you were saying he would change it up and do whatever character he was feeling that week right uh i've seen a few him that he would throw on to characters you kind of get a feeling front. around people like oh that's where i was going with it he said like whenever he gets drunk around white people it's mm-hmm. one of two things they either get bizarrely subtly racist with racist jokes oh yeah or they really yearn to be accepted by right. black by a black man in his case but assumably by mm-hmm. black culture like i'm one of the yeah. good ones man <laughs> which both are obviously on the same scale of ignorant and, and racist but yeah yeah right he told a story about going sailing with two canadians yeah and this is either gonna end one of two ways i'm they're gonna start making 
testing the waters with the racist jokes, or <laughs> I'm going to end up in a headlock saying, I love you, you're my brother. It ended up that way, right? It ended up the latter. Anyway, so Golden Girl's future for us all. Let us all retire to the lanai, I yeah. think. Okay. Y'all want some Rue facts? Y- yes. These are all from a special Golden Girls collector's edition of the magazine Closer, which Allison sent me in just in, just in time for the recording. Thank you, Allison. Uh, Ooh. sent you. Yeah. F- okay, it says fun for the fanboys. You're right. I think this is all a, of us. a sharer. <laughs> take this baby in the tub. My mother used to bring my brother Travis's paperbacks in the tub with her, and he would lose his mind. Just dunk them. She ruined a copy of uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and I don't think he's forgiven her still. <laughs> Oh, was that screenshot of him in the waterfall skillfully ripped out of it? <laughs> Watch out. You can have it next week. It's mine this week. That, well, so anyways, I am looking at a copy of Golden Girls, the magazine. Well, well it's done. Great. $9.95. Yeah, it's Woo. That's they, good. And it's all Golden Girls. There's nothing else in there. It's good paper it's stock, actually. Quality stuff. You Very don't see nice. a good magazine these days. Could I could hang that up? Uh, just glue, about one subject, it. glue bound as opposed to staple bound. Ooh, nice, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Speaking of, it's got a sp- did I see Casey that you have a? We're coming back to it. Okay, but I got to plug <laughs> Case. Are you going to or were you at? Uh, you had your comics in a fest um, at a show next next week. Next week next you do Saturday Sunday. Yeah, glue bound. What's the What's the show you're going to be at? Uh, the, it's called, uh, um, spaced, um, it's the, uh, independent comic book expo. What's Small the, press. what's the, is it personofmerit.com that people can go check out your books? Yep. Yep. Plug that shit, dog. Yeah. yeah Cause you know, if traveling outside out. of Columbus or where is it? No, it's actually in Columbus, which is nice. Nice. Because you know if anybody's listened to this point of this episode, they'll probably go check out personofmerit.com. Because it's just one more step. You might have got, yeah. got a hit, dog. I don't know where Fuck dog yeah. <laughs> Personofmeritcomics.com. That it's always, fucking amazing. That always sounded so much fun going around to comic book conventions and meeting people who've read your stuff. It's a lot. Never it wanted to fun. do the work, but you must be having fun. It's cool when people actually want to talk to you about it and then there are people who want to talk to you about how much they would like to like it and would like to buy it uh you ever you caught any um sneak thief any shoplifters yet no Ooh, you you waiting for the day you got you got one of those miniature ken herbeck bats underneath your yeah, chair? Oh yeah right across the back of the knee <laughs> you, you get a lot of people coming up and trying to weasel their way into a free one a freebie Maybe a half offy. Uh, yeah, you do. You get like really want to read this one. Thumbing but it up. no, I I have had people talk about how much money they have left to spend, uh-huh. and about something else they want to get somewhere else, and they really would like. You know, it's just like go to the ATM and get five more dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you probably because there's a lot of people doing indie comics. Sorry, Henning. Uh, do you, you probably get to do, um, like cool trades with other people actually doing cool titles and stuff like that. Do you do a lot of that? Like meeting people and I, like checking? Yeah. In the past I have, 
I've met some cool people. Some people I've actually worked with on stuff. Are there scumbags who don't see it as a community and rather see you as a competitor? Uh, yeah, there was, I'm trying to think there was one con in New Jersey. Um, cause there's like a weird etiquette about it. Like I like to go around and look and just check it out. But if you step close to the table, like you're in the engagement zone. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't bother people. Like I let people come up and look and then walk away. Like you can kind of tell people who want to be engaged and people who would rather just not be engaged. Sure. Um, so there's a lot of hard sellers out there. So if you even make eye contact or it's like old school, like a barker, they're like, come on over, come on, come on, check it out. Come on, come on. And I'm one of the people who just doesn't like to be bothered really. Sure. <laughs> um, so one time I was walking around and just, uh, you know, was just kind of doing a preliminary walkthrough, like middle of the aisle. So it, I could either be walking to the mm-hmm. bathroom, uh, like, or not, you know, like not looking at anything. Non-committal to either side. Yeah. Uh, and this, I just, I just hear some dude go, hey, I didn't know Kings of Leon were in town. Oh, God. No, no, he didn't say Kings of Leon. It was, it was a Mumford and Sons. Okay. He's like, hey, it's Mumford and Sons. Look, it's Mumford. Like, getting called out. And I looked up and I was like, who the fuck is shouting that? And I was like, I think maybe it's me. And it's a fucking guy with a work shirt that says Super Steve. Like a fucking work shirt with a cape sewn to it. Greasy big pompadour. Standing behind his table, shilling some fucking, like, Kinko-stapled comic. <laughs> like, just throwing insults at me for no reason. And I was just like, what the fuck? Should have given him, like, some folksy, harmonized... Oh, yeah, 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 we are. I, uh, I think my response was... Suck my dude. He's like, hey, Mumford and Sons. And I was like, they don't have a beard. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> they don't sell... Co- you should have, like, taken him literally, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. They don't sell comic books at independent comic book uh, <laughs> conventions fest, uh, locations, sir. Um, so yeah, it's cool. I've met cool people, like, but you you know, sort of buyer beware. There are people who just were, are going to hard sell you. Like, we'll move their table. I was at a comic con with this dude oh. who was pouring peppermint oil in front of his booth because he said it like psychologically makes people want to spend money. Hmm. And ward off the evil spirits. There, that's like a yeah. yoga thing that peppermint oil, or not a yoga thing, but they say that out of essential oils, peppermint is an activate, an energizing oil. So maybe that'll yes. get people Demiolic. pepped up. Oh. Uh, one more line before I forget it. Next time you see that guy, you got to say, hey, I didn't know pieces of shit were out of the toilet. <laughs> see what happens. You'll, pro- you'll probably get a, you'll pro- it'll probably fall as flat as anything I do does. So. Or just from the, just stand still in the middle of the walkway and just arc a three foot long spit and just right on his shirt, <laughs> right on Super Steve. <laughs> uh, I feel like we went on a tangent, Henning. <laughs> so I'll have more to report next time. Amazing. Sounds fun, Case. Y'all want some Rue facts? Yes. Sure. Rue McClanahan was a who played Blanche. Uh-huh, well, I'm as, aware. As everyone knows. What's Rue short for? 
Rutabaga. I don't know. That should Ru- have been the fact one. I'm right quizzes online, Henning. <laughs> I don't know if it's for anything. Rulahoy? Rulahoy? <laughs> All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Rue was a breast cancer survivor. She was a yoga devotee and vegetarian, Hans. Is Rue La Rue a vegetarian restaurant? No. I don't think so. I, jeez, I don't know. Research. Isn't Rue like a a meat-based soup base, though? A Rue? Interesting. I do know what a Rue is. It's flour and butter, right? A Rue is just flour and butter and water? It's a thickening agent. You use it to start up a gumbo. So, like, you use it, like, Mm. slowly this... Uh, uh, no, uh, isn't a roux a stock a flour and butter, and that I starts so, up yeah. your stew? You're mm. talking to the stew man. <laughs> stew man. But You're the, talking roux to Doctor Stew. But the stock might be <laughs> meat based. No. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it usually probably is chicken based, like a, a bone. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's really into bone broth lately. Notice that. <laughs> but just, that's just know? a stock. They're just selling you stock. They re they man it got popular in like you know some fancy restaurants because they instead bone of, broth they just call it like a bone broth so now at like all the natural food stores which is pretty much that's all in my neighborhood the shelves are just stocked with bone broth and it's it's so, just a fucking beef stock it's just a fucking chicken stock because that's how you make stock is you take the yeah. shit that you're not going to make. And you bone it. That's at the, the restaurant that I worked at. They'd make <laughs> veal stock. They just order bags of veal bones. Sure, of course. You just throw yeah, it in a pot, like salt water, it. and boil it. That was like what Manu used to make for like the paella stock. Was just when the fishmonger would come, he'd get like all the f- like pounds of bags of fish parts that you wouldn't serve on a plate just as parts, just to st- it's for the, the stock. Yeah. Anyways, it's interesting that they're now advertising that, whereas before you'd hide the fact that. We're, we got rid of all the good cuts of meat. Now we're down to the bone, and we're making a soup out yeah. of it. Yeah, that's the trend Just, of like it's cool it's to recycling. be. It's fashionable to be sustainable. Or sustainable. Is it yeah. going to be fashionable enough just to call it hot dog water? Soon enough, <laughs> I guarantee it. Hot dog skins genuine at Champs, New, genuine New York hot dog cooked water. in real hot dog water. What I had poutine at Champs last night. Go ahead, Henny. <laughs> Go for it. She was a yoga and devotee, yoga devotee, and a vegetarian. The case for being the Blanche of the group is mounting. Hans is Hans is the Blanche for sure. I thought it was Estelle. You're gonna change my tattoo? Yeah. Keep it going. It's Blanche. I'm getting them both. She Kissing. Start- <laughs> she started her acting career on Broadway. All right. And there's an awesome picture. Started on Broadway. Mm. Wow, I'm sure high school Damn. theater or something. I don't know. Here she is. There's. An awesome picture Whoa. in the magazine of her facing off on stage against a graduate era Dustin Hoffman. She looks awesome. I gotta take a picture of this. Yeah, that'll be on the blog. Oh shit! I didn't make the blog for. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> she actually wrote two musicals herself: Oedipus, Schmedipus, and Cobra Island. Cobra I Island. I like it. Didn't have time to research what those actually are. Look at the young Estelle. I told Anyways. you before that Betty White and Rue McClanahan were envisioned by producers in each other's roles, mm-hmm. but only switched at the mm-hmm. at like the last minute before they shot the pilot. Despite fitting into Blanche like a hand in a glove, Rue has always insisted that they are very little alike. Look at the facts, she once said. 
Blanche is a man-crazy, glamorous, extremely sexy, successful with men, Southern Belle from Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm not from Atlanta. All right. <laughs> Go again. Hit me with that again. I missed it. I missed it. You're done with this episode. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm into it. I just I got distracted by that picture of her. Uh, she's not from Atlanta? Oh, she was being funny. <laughs> Making a joke. Son in, of a bitch. In the character of, of Blanche. If it's a joke that fell flat, maybe the 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 <laughs> it is becoming more and more me. <laughs> That'd be the rose, I bet. On the show, Blanche goes through men like M and M's, but how many husbands do you think Rue had in real life? Zero. She was a lesbian. Are her and Blanche alike in this way or not? Case, what do you think? No, I think she had a husband. Six marriages. She was married Ooh. six times? Sorry, yep. And married and divorced. Six times. In fact, the name of her autobiography was My First Five Husbands. That's funny. <laughs> None of them <laughs> lasted more than two years, but she never gave up hope about the next one. A hopeful romantic. At the time, she died at 76, separated from her sixth husband. She was starting up a relationship with a state lottery winner in Louisiana, and they were going to buy an RV and travel to... Travel the country together. Everyone. She was going to marry a lottery winner? Eh? Travel in an RV? That's, what, that's another one of the things you do. Like, wait for the Danielle Steele novel. That's what you do when you retire. Not when you're a hotshot celebrity. She should get an apartment next to Gary Busey. <laughs> Live like a real star. Share a duplex. This sounds great to me. RV in across the country? That, oh, no, yeah. that sounds like a... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everyone knows seven is a lucky number, she said. And that's a menopause. It's not bad. Not bad. I am, I'm still hung up on the research fact. on some of these questions. Shoot. I'm looking up the husbands. I want to yes. see what the first one was, because if the last one was a state lottery winner. <laughs> she went from Greg Peck to yeah. uh, Pecker Jones. <laughs> Becker Jones. <laughs> I pick the same goddamn numbers every week. I've done one myself a wife. He gave himself the nickname. Becker, oh, he did. He sounds like a nice a segment. Uh, giver. Menopause. I'll can, I'll look over can, my thing. I don't mm. know if I have anything else. I can. Yeah, we can end it there. That's a menopause. Wait. Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Ho, 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 look who it is, it's the Black Bandies. Did you miss us? Oh, don't worry, we're gonna get to rockin' soon enough, but first, let me get the blackest of bandies, the joest of candies, Joe Kenda to hit me with a bass lick. Well, my, my, my. My bass licks are now your bass licks. Ooh, that's that stuff. Good. Ah, right. So, we're gonna hit the tuning. But first, I want to remind you to try a, a podcast this month. Which you already done, but do me a favor and do it again. And tell a friend about it too, because it's tripod month. And come off, you blockheads.
Make it the Jack Practice Podcast, yo trollies. Give us a ratey, give us a reviewy. Maybe uh, Sherry on Facebook, you know. Join the join the Facebook page. It's at Jug Practice Pod, but it's the Jack Practice, you know. And then, and then that's it. So let me hit you with the tune. And real quick, Hen Bundy, I need some music under this, and and it's probably not gonna happen first. So. It's a, it's an acoustic set without a without it's instrumental yes it's new how I I two I three this morning I walked out of my front door and then I saw what I wanted more of was you more of was you and then this afternoon I thought that I'd be home real soon. But soon to my surprise, right there before my eyes was you. What I was seeing was you. And then it was, and then it was tonight. And just, and this just sounded right. I'd like to be the one who's not late tonight. But I might be late tonight. I'd like to be the one who's not late tonight. But it won't be forever, cause it's better, it's better, it's better late than never, than never. Black Bunny! My, my, my. Ooh.